Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal Spearsy. And Brad in New York. And today we have urgent news. Oh, man, don't do this. Wait a minute, are you saying I'm too <clears throat> hot-blooded? Hot-blooded no, I'm saying you're being way too obvious. No, 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 that was yesterday. I swear, I'm turning my microphone off right now if you don't stop with the puns. Okay, I'm sorry, but <clears throat> it feels like the first time because Foreigner has finally been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, technically, it is the first time, so I'll let you have that. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first Hey gang, breaking news podcast. We don't have these very much lately, but this just handed to me from the assignment desk. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced their class of nominees for the next meaningless induction into a institution that we don't have a whole lot of respect for. But it's still fun to talk about it, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's grist for the mill. Everybody knows my take on this, and, you know, just... Uh, I, I'm not getting into it again. Go back and listen <laughs> to one of the other shows. But Let me make a case for why this year is a little bit more important. This is the first time that people have been nominated since uh, Jan Winter left the Rock Hall. He's the founder of the Rock Hall, the co-founder of the Rock Hall. He was the Rolling Stone editor for a bazillion years. Did he leave, though, Steve? Did he leave, or was he ushered he, he out? Was, he was shown the door. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be clear. It wasn't like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to go uh, with my billions of dollars and you know sail around the Mediterranean and have a great time. It was like, no, uh, please pack your things and yeah. go, chuckles. So here's what happened. So back in September... Uh, Jan Winter was ejected, if that's the term you'd like me to use. Ah, I like it, yes. From the Rock Hall's governing board because he had done an interview with the New York Times and he was talking about his new book. He had a collection of interviews called The Masters. All of them were white, all of them were male, so that was pointed out to him. And instead of saying something like, oh my gosh, my bad, um... These are just my favorite interviews, the ones where I felt like I had the best connection or the people that influenced me the most growing up. Instead of saying something like that, he decided to say that uh, female artists like Joni Mitchell were not, quote unquote, philosophers of rock. And that uh, black artists like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye, quote, just didn't articulate at that level, unquote. Oh, man. Un- unfiltered stupidity right there. 
you, there's this there's this kind of philosophy that says you know, when people get to a certain age that they're the filters come off. Not not only the filters come off, but they just sometimes completely break, and you start to say things that just are, are ridiculously stupid and mean. I'd, I'd I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt that that's what's happening to him, because nobody in their right mind who has accomplished as much as he had and is as important to rock journalism as he is could possibly believe that those things are true. It's pretty shocking. But anyway, he said it. I think he even had a chance to disavow it. He doubled down. <laughs> and so, you know. Lean uh, into the punch. <laughs> he just So he's out of the building. So this is the first class of nominees since he left. So people are going to be very interested, obviously, to know, you know, do we get a more diverse collection of artists? And I would like to say, not really. <laughs> Really, I I would say that I would disagree with that. Maybe it's not more diverse than other classes have been, but I think it's a pretty diverse class. It is a diverse class, but it is no more so, I don't think, than previous years. Okay. Well, you know how closely I track these things yeah. in my mind. I try not to give this any more space than I have to. Yeah. So why don't you go through the list and tell people who were nominated. Okay. Our nominees this year, 2024 Rock Hall nominees are as follows. Queen of Hip Hop Soul, Mary J. Blige. Powerhouse singer-songwriter Mariah Carey. Half-century plus pop icon Cher. Maybe you've heard of her. Roots Rock Jam Band, Dave Matthews Band. Hip-hop pioneers Eric B. and Rakim. Stadium Rock Hitmakers Foreigner. Arena-filling guitar and talk box pro Peter Frampton, who you might remember came alive. Alt-heart rockers Jane's Addiction. R&B legends Cool in the Gang. They're in the... Williams Household Hall of Fame already, so we're hoping they can climb the ladder. One more rung there. Rock standard bearer Lenny Kravitz, Britpop poster boys Oasis, alt-pop iconoclast Sinead O'Connor, metal god Ozzy Osbourne, sophisticated R&B purveyors Sade, oh, tell me more, and alt-hip-hop progenitors A Tribe Called Quest. Wow. Yeah. So two-thirds of the names on this ballot are first-timers in spite of years of eligibility, particularly in the cases of Cher, Peter Frampton, and Foreigner. Uh, it's the second nomination for Mary J. Blige, Eric B. and Rakim, Chain's Addiction, and the Dave Matthews Band, and it's the third for A Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So let's, let's think about this for a minute. I mean, I, I, think the, I think the one that jumps out first, obviously, to me anyway, is Foreigner. Should have been nominated before now, but they are finally nominated. I don't know what the impetus was to nominate them now versus 10 years ago. I mean, they are kind of doing a farewell tour, so maybe that's kind of like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I have trouble trying to figure out what this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is trying to be, because if it's guys that sold a bunch of records, then freaking Foreigner should be in there. Like, come on. Well, if that's what it was about, then Journey and Kiss and Rush would have been in there long before they were. Oh, fair. And the going feeling was always that Jan Winter and his uh, Rolling Stone stooges were too uh, snobby to let in like the people's bands. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But this goes back to my whole thing about like how do you know who these people are? How do you know who any of them are? Because they sold records. Hello? <laughs> and why yeah. did they sell records? Because, uh, you know, because music journalists covered them. 
to some extent. I mean, it's a little bit, look, look, I have this problem with all award shows too. Like, oh, look, the movie business is telling us how great the movies that they made were this year. You should watch the movie people tell you how great their movies are. Like, it's kind of a circle jerk. What we're basically saying is, where are our damn awards? (laughs) Where's the damn podcast hall of fame? Oh, it's okay. So let's talk about Foreigner. Sorry. They did sell a lot of records, but I also think they have some great songs. There's good songwriting in there. Here's my thinking with Foreigner. This is what's caught me off guard. So I didn't say, I wouldn't say I did a deep dive on some of these bands, but I just wanted to get like a a feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And more specifically, a feel of how they were in the 80s. Yeah. Vis-a-vis, this is an 80s podcast. So here's what I was surprised about with Foreigner. Only three albums in the 80s. Really? They felt just omnipresent. By, by comparison, Peter Frampton had five. But of those three albums... Can you hear my eyes bugging out? <laughs> of those three albums, though, one of them is four. So, yeah. Uh, but the other ones were Agent Provocateur and Inside Information. They did have... 14 charting singles in the 80s. I mean, good grief. Talk about a career. Right. And he- and here's a pop quiz for you guys at home. How many number one hits did Foreigner have in their entire career? Their entire career. I'm holding up the number of fingers to indicate. <laughs> one. Yeah. And it's kind of off-brand for them, right? I want to know what Love Is was the only chart topper. Now, I'll pause a few seconds so you can stop screaming or the demons in your head will quiet down. They did have nine songs total in the top 10. So they weren't starving. Yeah. But the promised land, you know, the number one spot, just, just the one. So I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely evaded them a little bit. You'd think one of the, I mean, jukebox hero didn't go to number one. How's that even possible? I think it was like number five or number six. He's got stars Urgent. in his eyes. He's got stars in his eyes, damn it. <laughs> they, I think they had a couple of number twos and a few threes and fours. I mean, they really came close. I think the other one that's interesting, Ozzy Osbourne, he is already in the Hall of Fame with Black Sabbath. Now he's being nominated for as the honor as a solo artist. The research desk just handed me something. Jukebox Hero topped out at number 26. What? That doesn't seem right. I know. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm looking. You don't have yep. to believe me. Holy shit, you're right. I just saw it. 26. I, and it uh, didn't do any better in any other country either. Well. 24 know, in Germany. <laughs> you know how they love their jukebox heroes. I mean, the album, the album was number one in the album charts for a good chunk of 1931. Sure. Yeah. They're not, no, they're not sitting at home going, oh, man. <laughs> Poor us. Yeah. Um, Ozzy, five albums in the 80s. The best-selling one, it's not Blizzard of Oz or Barking at the Moon. It's uh, 1986's The Ultimate Sin. Really? Oddly enough. Oh, okay. I, I think I had one album of his. I had uh, Blizzard of Oz. I think everybody at that age had to have Blizzard of Oz. Yeah, I don't think I was brave enough to try and get that in the house, but I certainly had friends that had it. <laughs> I listened to it at their place. I, I think Cher's interesting I, to be in there. um she had three albums in the 80s. I think everyone thinks of 1989's Heart of Stone as being the big one. It had what? the song If You Could Turn Back Time and After All with the duet with Peter Cetera. When was Believe? Oh, Believe isn't until like 
1998. So that's the song I can't forgive her for. <laughs> the auto tune in that just oh, oh. It's, it's a little it is a little no overly distinctive is I think the word you're yeah. looking for. Yeah, that would be the politest thing I could say. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm giving her points for for being in Silkwood. I'm giving her giving her points for being in Mask. I know that's not rock and roll. It's not singing. It's acting. I'm giving her points more points for Moonstruck. I'm taking away a lot of points for the auto tune trick. No, I, I get you, but it, it was yeah. a thing of its time. Sade, n- never been my favorite, but but I will say this, after doing a little bit of reading, influenced a lot of people. Now, the people she influenced are also not my favorites. Missy Elliott, Rick Ross, Brandy, Beyonce, they all cite Sade as being a big influence on them. So I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm here at this point now, Steve, I'm worried about you because... I'm not sure how anybody with a soul cannot enjoy Sade's music. Oh, I love oh. it if I'm if I need to take a nap. Oh, it's so good. Or if I, just if like, I need to, it's, it's just like a, a a balm, a balm on a yeah, on a, a balm that know, makes me want to oh. go to sleep. You know what? Sometimes a sleep is important. <laughs> I don't think that was her primary goal, though. Mm. Well, we're gonna and, have know, to we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that no, one. No, I'm I not think. saying it's not lovely music. I'm just saying I, I don't I don't I don't like her. Mm. I know. This is where I, this is nothing where should I, be that smooth. Nothing should be that smooth. It's whiskey. impossibly smooth. Oh. Whiskey. Here's an interesting one, probably because it didn't touch my group of friends, so I didn't experience them so well. But uh, Eric B. and uh, Rakim formed in Long Island, New York, 1986. Were there as part of the golden age of rap? Yeah, very much so. The songs you probably remember f- from them are um, Don't Sweat the Technique, uh, Lyrics of Fury. Um, they were actually announced as one of the finalists to the Rock Hall of Fame back in 2011. And it's taken them 13 years to get back. Mm. I mean, this is not my core genre <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I actually really like these guys' music. Oh, yeah, no. And quite often... It's not something that I like actively listen to, but I'll put it on because I just I. This is going to sound really weird. I find the rep, the repetitiveness of it very soothing. It just kind of frees, lets my mind focus more on what I'm doing. It's, I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but it's like there's a part of my brain that if there's music on it wants to listen to it, but if it gets into kind of a groove, I realize that I just can focus better on what I'm doing, and my, sure, that sense. part of my brain kind of clicks off. I mean, just so you know, uh, Rolling Stone ranked them as number five on their list of the 20 greatest duos of all time. Hmm. So, Well, gosh. <clears throat> seems like they should have been inducted already. Yeah, at least more than one nomination. The other thing I noticed as I was looking at this list is we're, we're kind of we're starting to age out a little here, Steve. Sorry to drop my voice. The nominees, there's a lot of 90s bands. Yes. You know, and that kind of checks out, right? The 80s cupboard is... You know, they've kind of nominated who they're going to nominate. I'm sure they'll go back and pick up a few people here and there. But we're turning the corner. There may not be a whole lot more coverage from us on this topic going forward. Like That'd be fine Brad Carey, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band. We're not going to talk o- about those today. Oasis. Come on. Actually, <laughs> you know, the only thing that would be great is if the Oasis was inducted was to get the brother, the Gallaghers, on stage. Just have a fight on stage. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Cool and the gang, I, I think it goes without saying that we both give them a lifetime pass. They can be in whatever Hall of Fame they want to be in. 100%. Yeah. 
So there's no sense, no sense dissecting their uh, resume. They're just, they're just in. Yeah, I, so. I'm still kind of shocked about Peter Frampton's five albums in the '80s. The Ooh. only single that you might have known, he had four singles. Okay. Uh, the only one would be 1986. He had a single called "Lying." Okay, I don't remember that. I don't either. That's okay, but it sounds like an <laughs> '80s song. That sounds that sounds lovely. I'm sure it's I a inter- delight. I interviewed him once. It did not go great. <laughs> oh yeah. Is it for the podcast or for the newspaper? No, it's for the newspaper. And I think I had a recording of it because back then we, I would record all the interviews mm-hmm. and we'd put them in like a little audio player. So if you were on the website, you could hear the interview if you wanted to. Oh, that's nice. Books on tape on newspapers on yeah, tape. Yeah, but it wasn't, I didn't save it for the podcast. I, I don't know. I don't know why I just didn't. I, I had yeah. I interviewed Meatloaf, the same thing. I didn't, I didn't use it for the podcast. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I think. Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. Wow. I did and I didn't use it for the podcast. What makes you say the Frampton interview didn't go well? Is something notable or are you just everyone's my, having an off day? My my boss at the time said, you know, oh, can I give you one question to ask him? Oh boy. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. I mean, what are you gonna do? Say no you know No boss. <laughs> She's like, ask him what happened to his hair. <gasps> and so I tried to work in some sort of joke about his infamous hair and oh he just turned on me and said um you know how old i am why would you think i would still have the hair i had when i was in my 20s and i'm like uh i was just trying to uh and he's like yeah i just you know you i, I would have think you would have prepped better for this interview than to ask me some question <gasps> oh like that. no oh no so and, your boss threw you under the bus remotely <laughs> yeah and so i thought and i said something along the lines of look i'm just trying to find a cultural crosshair you know yeah and he said something like well you know farrah fossa had her hair i had mine those are just the days of big hair and i thought okay that's the quote i needed <laughs> Yeah, moving on. And that's what I used in the story, and we moved on. But afterwards, I kind of wanted to go up to my boss. I, I, I may have actually told her, hey, that question really backfired. Yeah. But um, <laughs> other than that, he was he was fantastic. And I, mean, I remember asking him about his acting career, mm-hmm. not Sergeant Peppers, but I asked him about He was on Baba Black Sheep or Black Sheep Squadron, I think it was called back then. Uh, yeah, it was a different name in syndication I think he was playing one of the australian i don't uh, think i knew that that's amazing you know, the, the remember how in back in world war ii they had um australians that would be on different islands as listening posts listening for japanese sure he, yeah i think he played a, a role like that and it turns out that the role the episode he was in i think was like the last one they ever taped so it's like he's like he goes well if you were a big fan of the show you know you can probably thank me for killing it with my performance and i'm like okay <laughs> I'm really, I'm really hitting on all cylinders today. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know, at least he's self-aware there. Yeah. So okay, so time to get to to the nitty gritty of things. If it were up to you, Brad, who would you pick to to be inducted into the hall? Okay, so like, like get like five. Is that right? Five or six, maybe. Give me five. five. Okay. Here are my top five, and then I'll give you some on the bubbles, just so, to kind of try and keep the hate mail down. <laughs> You're gonna kill me, Sade. Cool in the Gang, Eric B. and Rakim, Jane's Addiction, and Ozzy Osbourne. And on the bubble, I've got Foreigner. I got Lenny Kravitz. I love Lenny Kravitz. And I've got Sinead O'Connor. I think Sinead O'Connor might have a better case 
but I just don't think there was much, there wasn't enough output. Like what she did, I thought was really interesting. I never had a problem with her as, you know, the, the protests and things like that's fine. Like she's using her platform. Good for her. But I just, I feel like there's not enough body of work there. I see your point. I'm going to go with foreigner. Obviously I'm going to go with cool in the gang. I'll pick Ozzy Osbourne, Eric B and Rakeem. And then I'm going to give the fifth vote to uh, Peter Frampton. Okay. And then for the the bubble, I'll say, yes, I agree. Sinead O'Connor, probably a tribe called Quest. You know, Cher should probably, she should at least be on the bubble. Uh, Yeah, you know. I'll, I'll put I'll, her on the bubble. That, that's yeah. the most I'm willing to do. <laughs> like I, I know that, like I know I probably made a case for Whitney Houston being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'm having a hard time making the same case for Mariah Carey. Uh, I just don't like her, and I feel I, like Dave Matthews Band will probably get in sometime. But I'm uh, not wasting. I'm not. I'm not voting on '90s bands right now. I'm an '80s no. podcaster. So anyway, yeah, so I that's totally my agree. list. <laughs> Listeners, why don't you send us in your list or tell us why we're wrong? Or even better, write us and tell us how smart we are and that we got it exactly <laughs> right. Those are the letters I love to read. You know what I'd like to read right now? The, the Seggies. Hey, it's time for TV Party Tonight. We will play a snippet of a TV theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the postal-friendly bottle opener. Talking Ooh, a little faster. I want to talk so faster. professional. So professional. We only had Gatorade to drink today. Mm. That's probably the reason. I feel very Gator. hydrated. Gato made. Hmm. I, I drink the Gatorade Zero, the lemon lime flavor, just in case oh, yeah? you're wondering at home. Yes, I'm going to picture you're it in color. <laughs> urine colored. Yes. So. We'll have to go all the way back to episode I don't know what for this one. Well, it's one of the ones you did with. Um, Without me, you big meanie. Here was the clue last time we had the Seggy. Yes, that's the theme to The Young Ones. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see? Young ones, darling, we're the young is a big show in Australia. Did you watch The Young Ones, Brad, when it came out? I watched a few episodes here and there. I wasn't as devoted a follower as many of the listeners are. I mean, literally everyone who wrote in with the name was like, oh, I love that show. I watched it religiously. You know, it was a big part of like how I got into British music in some cases. A uh, lot of love for this show. A lot of people that wrote in also asked us to do a full-length show on that program. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe... Yeah. I don't know. I, it's fun to think about it, though. My friends and I used to quote the lines from it like, you know, have we got video? Yes, we've got video. Or, uh, you know, I want to make a pot of lentil stew. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a, a hammered Ringo Starr there, but. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's okay. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't do 
Can you do any imitations of other people? Or no, not really. Not no, really. My no. my family does not have that gene. Uh, no. Uh, my father in law was was kind of infamous for his just horrible, horrible accents. <laughs> anyway, we did have some winners. Why don't you read them off? Ah, it'd be my pleasure. Winners this week include Ken Bays, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Tom Corn in Austria, Jeff Eight Hundred Eight Man, Laura and McNally. David Featherson, Rob Jones in Tamworth, UK, Carlos from Slippery Rock, Warren in Sydney, Terry in Oz, John Clexton, Stuart Cadden, and Mike in Oz. Half the list is from Australia. Yeah, it's funny. Every time we, we read the name uh, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, I don't know if I told you this, but there, I, the last job I had, you know, the, where I worked at, at the publishing company here in Orlando, the IT guy was named John Ross. Oh. And, and nobody ever called him John or Ross. He was always John Ross. Yeah, yeah, you're having a problem with your computer? Yeah? Uh, you should call John Ross. Call John Ross. That's <laughs> like a it's like a plumbing commercial or something. Yeah. Problems with your toilet? Call John Ross. And when I got when I got laid off back in July, he was the last person I saw because I had to bring in my computer and mm. he was always sitting at the the IT desk by himself, just kinda you know, waiting for something to happen. And I, I walk up and I'm like, well, don't forget to turn the lights off when this place closes for good or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to go back to playing Minesweeper now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think about John. Every time I, I see your name, I think about John Ross and IT. That's funny. Uh, anyway, why don't you spin the wheel and find out who the winner is? Okay, here we go. Oh, nicely done. Oh, thank you, sir. I'll give you some Gatorade, but you're 998 miles away. Mm. Looks like it's going to land on Ken Bays. Excellent. Ken, send us your postal <laughs> whereabouts. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that you'll get it before the cruise. You might. Send us your postal whereabouts. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Ken, if you get it to me quick enough, uh, it might get turned around before I sail off into the sunset. Uh, I'll be home for a few days before the cruise, so I should have time to get those things out. Yeah. I had ordered a, um, speaking of young ones and punk rock and, and British music, there's a punk versus preps night on the cruise. And I, I'm doing punk. And it's not it's not a very committed outfit, I should say. But one of the things I was really proud of, it has this like chain that has a padlock at the end of it. I was going to wear it as a necklace. Ooh. I, I ordered it online. And sadly, it's it's too small. I can't fit it over my head. And it doesn't detach in the back. So... Uh, it's, I have the, the, so you the, can't actually open the lock that's on the nope, chain of the necklace. Nope, uh. nope, nope. So I, I can't, I can't wear it. I, I had one in college that but maybe you could the, wear it as an anklet. Yeah, that's about, that's about <laughs> the only place. That's sad though. I was like, I can't believe a twenty-four inch necklace won't go around my head. But wow, it, where do you buy your hats? I, I wear like a mm. size seven and five eighths. Yeah. Big head. I mean, you're a good size guy, so you got a good size head. Yeah, I mean, you, I wouldn't want to have a small head on this body. Then look like the, yeah. the guy at the end of Beetlejuice, you know, the one whose head got shrunk. Yeah, you know, while I was waiting. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that enough already. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV party seggy. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Shade. Finally available, the Shade Diamond Life video. Four sparkling music videos from Shade's platinum album, Diamond Life. 
plus personal reflections by Sade. Diamond Life Video, only $14.98 at these fine stores. Available at Crazy Eddie for the insane low price of $12. And we're back. Got a few minutes left. Let's play an old game we like to call... Yep, PPTMN time. Got a letter. This one's from uh, Mike and Oz. Brad, why don't you do the honors? Yeah, I dug this one out of the archives. Mike and Oz wrote back uh, in the fall. Hey, guys, loved episode 664, language lessons, non-English hits of the 80s. More, wow. please. So that's maybe a long we need time to, ago. <laughs> need to put that one back on, the, back on the list. Yeah, that's that's the archives. But I thought it was a good question. Steve mentioned that he got a Falco disc when he used to work at the Tampa Bay Times. The best I can manage from my work is a sneaky stapler, maybe some printing paper, and the obligatory, forget the pay raise, have a pizza instead from the boss. It got me wondering, so PPTMN, what do you consider some of your best swag hauls from either the paper, interviews, concerts, the cruise, etc.? Could be physical items, photos, signatures on memorabilia, or pretty much anything from your time hosting the best retro podcast in the galaxy. Wow. <clears throat> That's a good question. Hmm. I have a ready answer for this one. Okay. Uh, so last year on the cruise, I talked Joey into letting me host one of the events. I hosted Jerry Casale's wine tasting, which was really fun. Uh, but as part of that, I got him to personalize a poster for me, which is now hanging in my office. I think the only wall that doesn't have Devo stuff on it is the one that's basically a window. So it's a lot of Devo in the office at home. Okay. A couple things come to mind. Oh, by the way, I did find the Falco DVD. I was oh, cleaning good. Up, I found I was cleaning out the garage the other day, and I, f- I came across it. And I'm like, I, I don't know if it still works. It's probably all scratched to hell because it's probably 15 years old. But I'm gonna try to check it out. The uh, someone sent me a Live Aid program. Oh wow! And I, That's I apologize. Cool. I apologize if I don't remember who who sent me what. But I, I did get a Live Aid program. I still have them. I still have all these things. By the way, a set of ET trading cards. <laughs> Remember um, Jeff from Cuba? Of course. So Jeff from Cuba, when he retired from the Navy, he was down in Guantanamo Bay. And Night Ranger came down and played. I don't know if they played his retirement party, but they, they had a gig down there for the troops or whatnot. Okay. And Jeff got them to sign a Radio Gitmo t-shirt. So they all signed it. And I have that now. Oh, that's super cool. I just met them in Clearwater like a week before. Oh, sure. Olivia Newton-John signed a CD for me after I interviewed her. That's way up on my list. I have boxes out there of stuff that just great, great stuff over the years that, you know, occasionally I people used to send us snacks. I used to really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing I ever sent you, Steve, was a box of Funyuns. Yeah. I haven't had those God, in a long time. That was like 2007, maybe? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, no, there's all those things just they mean the world to me uh, when we get stuff like that. And I, I hold on to it forever. And I wish I had a basement. You, you don't have basements in Florida. But if we did, I, I would turn it into a gigantic 80s shrine and I'd have all this stuff framed. But the 80s cave. You don't have basements here because, you know, there's no, it's all sand. Yeah. So, and I would think the water table's pretty high too. Yeah. So. But I still have it, and I still look at it from time to time, and it means the world to me. Anyway, hope you enjoyed our quickie show on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let us know which bands you would put in there instead of the ones we put. And uh, stay tuned. We've got a couple more shows before we head off on the 80s cruise. But until then, 
Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. Yeah.